Hello and welcome to Hurdles, where I, your host, Ollie Burke, will be discussing the physical, mental and emotional hurdles that successful people have had to overcome. I shall question and delve into their mindset which allowed them to achieve such greatness. I shall review their careers and talk about moments of joy and adversity, allowing you to relate. Today we have a very special guest in the form of Jode Campbell. Joe played Division One for Missouri State out in America and is now a professional basketballer for Sheffield Sharks in the British Basketball League. And without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. So, Joe, thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Really appreciate it. Let's get straight into it. Joe, what have you achieved so far in your career? Um. Honestly, it's like so far in my career, I think I've achieved a lot. Um, you know, I started playing basketball when I was four years old. So, I mean, I've had many years to, you know, build. And um, so starting at about four years old, I joined my first team with Dave Harris at Leicester Dynamite. So that was from when I was about four years old until about 18. Um, I won one, one, I think I won one championship with... Leicester Dynamite in my whole time whilst I was there. And also at the same time, whilst I was playing under-18s and I was playing my school league uh, in year 10 and 11, we won back-to-back uh, championships. Uh, I received one MVP award for that, uh, MVP like, of the year, player of the year. Um, at Charmwood College, uh, also Gateway College, both pretty good high teams. What did I win at Gateway College? I, watched sport, I won Sportsman of the Year in my first year at Gateway College, um, just throughout England, I think it was. Uh, second year of Gateway, I don't think I got anything. Uh, <laughs> Charnwood, when I went to Charnwood, um, I was runner-up player of the year and we made it to the final. And unfortunately, we lost by like six or seven in the final. Jeez. So that, that one was tough, but... You know, life goes on. Life goes on. Um, so after that, I went out to America, uh, got my scholarship to go out to Missouri State. Uh, first year was a little bit rough, as it usually always is for people from the UK going out to America. Um, second year and third year, I was actually team captain, um, which was quite a big deal to me. Like it doesn't sound like a massive thing, but no, leading leading a team out there, division one, especially considering you're English, that's a real honor. Yeah, yeah. So that that was quite nice. I've got the, I even got a I've got a little plaque at home saying like Joe Campbell, team captain, Missouri State. So yeah. Uh so then I came back, didn't really have anything set up in terms of basketball, just came home and was just gonna kind of go with the flow and see see what was going to happen. Um, so I actually went to a jump 10 tournament in Loughborough. Uh, there was a couple of BBL coaches, a couple of players and stuff like that there. Um, so I actually had, I played really well. We made it to the final. Um, after that, Ben Thomas from Cheshire Phoenix uh, came up to me and said, like, he'd like me to come and come up for practices in the summer and play with them. So signed that Cheshire Phoenix in the BBL for my first, first year back but I was cut short probably stayed there for about two months and then I went down to division one 
here in the UK to play with Derby Trailblazers. Also was having a really good season there, uh, you know, with Matt Shaw. was having a good season there, but unfortunately that one was cut short with COVID. Um, so we were third in the league at the time, so it was actually looking to be a really promising season. And then COVID just showed in our full games were cancelled, the season was done. Like, it was quite upsetting, really, because like, I had that. Like, I think all of the guys at that at Derby looked like they were going to have a really good year. Like, even for the club, like, it looked promising. I think we could have went really far. We had a really strong team. So, Division One got finished, and then summertime came around, off season, was just working, uh, playing basketball. Going, not even going to the gym because the gyms weren't open, but just working out and stuff like that. And then I just got a random message out of nowhere from Atiba, who's now the coach at Sheffield Sharks, um, asked me to come up whilst asked me to come up when the whole Corona thing had calmed down a little bit, like when things were opening up again. Uh, came down, had a couple open runs here um, in Sheffield, and again played really well, played very well to be honest. Probably the best I've played. I'm not going to lie, that was probably the best I've played in a long time. Um, and I actually, he actually asked me to come and play for the team this year. So, yeah, here I am. Now, Sheffield Sharks. You play professional basketballer. Yeah. Living the dream. Credit to you, mate. So, what would you say is greatness? What is greatness for Jode? Um, for me, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different, different ways and, different ways to look at greatness but I'd say greatness to me would probably be excelling in an area that is way above average than normal people like great I think greatness I think when someone's great like you earn a lot of respect like from a lot of different people like from just from everyone really uh I think just being a good person um Great, and you know what I mean. Greatness is that's a hard one to define because there's yeah. so many, there's so many like ways to look at it. No, hundred percent. But uh, as you say, that's greatness for you, and and you're certainly achieving that. So if we if we strip it back and go back in time, so basketball, how did you get into it? You said you were four years old, but where did it originate? Uh, so I was actually at my cousin's house. Um, I'm. At that age, I was kind of just like playing a bit of four hours, or just like kicking football around, just kind of doing whatever. Um, and I actually was at my cousin's house, and they've got a basketball court at the bottom of the um, bottom of their road. And my cousin, my cousin was playing basketball at the time. I think he's twenty. He was like five, six years older than I was, and um, went down. And I was just like throwing, trying, trying my hardest to throw the ball at the rim. wasn't getting anywhere near, but I was, I was trying my best, uh, just dribbling the ball, like slapping the ball around. And then that's when I realised, like, I actually think this would be like quite fun. I mean, I know it's, it's only young, you, but you don't really take it serious at that time. Like, it's just some, just something to do, just a bit of fun, really, in it. Um, so yeah, that's when I messaged Dave, my mum messaged Dave Harris and was asking about basketball practices and stuff like that. So yeah, that's kind of where. It, picked off no fair play and it's all stemmed on from there yeah so obviously you've you've progressed through I don't know the the youth systems and obviously improved as you've got older and as you say you're at Charmwood and stuff very good school for basketball mm-hmm. um when did you know you always wanted to be a pro basketballer throughout this journey uh yeah 
from about the age of about when I really started playing seriously at the age of about nine, ten, that's kind of when I when I knew I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I've got a little picture at home. Um, I don't know, from like year six or year seven or something like that. And it's like calling yourself in and it's like, what are your dreams and aspirations? And I've still got mine in the fridge. I hope it's to be a professional basketball player. Ah, oh, brilliant. That's quality. And then, so you're at Charmwood and you've played for England, is that right? Uh, uh, yeah. Level. Can you yep. can you tell us a bit about that, please? Um, so I think I was about 16. I was about 16 years old. Uh, so we have regional tournaments. So there's like South Yorkshire, East Midlands, West Midlands, North and like London and stuff like that. So we all like, where did we go? I think we played in Nottingham. I think it was at Nottingham, Nottingham Wildcats Arena. Uh, we just have a big tournament. All the teams play against each other. And there's like all the GB coaches, all types of coaches there. Um, so again, played really well. Played very well at that tournament. Um, got home. And I think the initial, I think the initial list, there was about 24 people that got picked. Um, so we had a big camp in Manchester that lasted about a week. No, Portsmouth. It was in Portsmouth. Plymouth. It was in Plymouth, sorry. <laughs> we'll yeah, get it was there. We'll get there. Yeah, it was somewhere in Plymouth. Um, so we had a tournament in, at Plymouth University. Uh, there was about 24 of us all playing basketball, uh, practicing, just doing all the... It was basically like a week-long trial. And they selected 12 guys that would actually travel over to to France. This, so this was Cherbourg, under-17s tournament. So we got 12 guys that got picked. Uh, so, you know, 24 of us playing basketball, trying as hard as we can. Um, we're just trying to get a spot on this team so we can go. Because, you know, no one wants to get sent home after going to a camp like that. So everyone's batting out, trying the hardest. Uh, came to the last week, the last day, sorry, and... I think they just read out a bunch of names. Um, so it was like so-and-so, so-and-so. And mine was like mid-end. So, you know, everyone, my heart was my heart was pounding a little bit. Like, I was like, did I get picked? Did I not? Like sweating, nervous. And then it was like, point guard, Joe Campbell. And I just kind of smiled to myself um, and texted my mum. I was like, oh, I made the team, so I don't have to come back. So then we went out to Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke was another... I was probably like another week and a half um, tournament. Uh, there was a bunch bunch of teams. I think there was Slovakia was there, Romania was there, uh, Spain was there. There was an Italian team, but that was that was really different from what I'd seen. Like the teams were huge. Like the guys were massive. Like even like the point guards were like I don't know, six five, six six. Like at that age, at that age, like that's. That's massive for someone. For someone that's like 16, 17, like being a 6'6 point guard is like unheard of, especially in the UK anyway. Yeah. So then you'd made it into the England squad. Did you then think, right, that that's me done, that like I've achieved what like what you think as a 16-year-old is greatness? Or did you go, right, this is the start. I'm this is like this is the start of my journey. I'm achieving more. Yeah, see, that's what that's how I looked at it because I think and like as good as that level is, like my what I really want to achieve by like I don't know possibly like twenty seven, twenty eight would be to play for the GB men's team. Like that's 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 kind of what I want to do. That's definitely something I do want to do. Brilliant. So that you then realised right, 
I want to play for GB men's. I want to take this further. I want to be pro. How was the transition of it being a dream when you color yourself in in year seven on your fridge being, I'm going to be a professional basketballer to actually making it a reality, like the sacrifices you had to make and whatnot. How was that transition? Um, it's actually, it's quite surreal sometimes. Like even sometimes I'd be forgetting that I'm like actually like playing at this level. Um, but it was hard at the beginning. It was quite hard, like playing from like college and stuff and then coming to here. Like it was, it was a big, it was quite a big transition. Like the coaching's, coaching style is completely different. Um, like there's so much more experience in the older guys. Like even me now, like I've played, I've been playing basketball for a long time, but I know there's still so much that I still need to learn in a game. Like I feel like sometimes I still, sometimes I still do rush things a little bit and I could just slow down. But like I said, that will come from experience of playing as well. Like with it only being my first year, I still got so much to learn. And I know there's like so many great players in this league as well that would like take me under their wing and stuff like that. Even now, like, I don't know, Mike took, and he's been in the league for like 13, 14 years now. Every day he's like teaching me something new. You got like guys like Nick Lewis, he's been in the league a long time, he's still teaching me stuff now. And it, I wouldn't say I think I knew everything, but I thought I knew I thought I knew most of the stuff about the game, but nah, I'm not even close. I got so much more to learn. That's interesting. That's so you. You th- still think really that you're still transitioning because obviously you're so yeah. young and such a promising yeah. talent. You you haven't transitioned. You're transitioning. Yeah. So then, you've done really well at Charmwood, and you've got a Division One scholarship. When did you know you had what it took to make it to the States? Was that after you played for England? Do you think, you know what, the next level again is the top level? Because obviously that's what Division One in America is. You can't get any higher in that level. When to yes. were you then like, right, this is the next target? Um, Honestly, I didn't think that, I don't think that was the time there. I think the time when I realised like I really could do this is probably when I went to Gateway College. Uh, so at Gateway... I'm just going to chuck out a couple of stats here, not, not to big myself up or anything. But um, it, I think I was averaging like 23 points, um, like six rebounds and five assists per game. Um, and I was getting like a lot of, quite a lot of hype on like social media and stuff like that, like get shout outs and like videos and stuff like that. So when I, when I seen that, like the, the level wasn't quite as high, but like it was still really good exposure for me and I was still playing like really well. And then when I got to Charmwood, I when I got asked to go to Charmwood, which obviously is a big school, a lot of guys from Charmwood have gone to America, played high levels. I was kind of like, oh, maybe like I could go ahead and do the same thing if I have a good season. So, you know, I had I had talked with a coach before, Josh Merrington had talked with a coach before the season came along. Um, and he was just saying like, my defense, because, you know, I, I didn't really play too much defence. I was more of an offensive guy. I was just defence. I was just kind of cruising and just hoping that the other people would miss. <laughs> so, yeah, he was like, the one thing, the only thing that you kind of need to try is, like, defence. So, I was, I was like, I can do that. I can play defence. I just, I can play defence. So, I came, came to Charmwood. First game, we had a couple of preseason games. We played against Team USA Select. So, they had, like, a bunch of their, like, whatever, better players my colleagues that are, that are looking for pro teams over here. The first game against them played really well. I think I had 18 points, four assists and like five rebounds and two steals. Um, 
that got a lot of praise again on the internet. I was getting like shouts from like Charm One and like Hoop Six and stuff like that. Um, and then the season came around, the our EABL season. That honestly just ended up to be one of my probably my most confident best playing years. I had like coach like had full confidence in me. The guys around had full confidence in me. Like everyone just had confidence in me. Uh, I think I got player of the week four times. Um, I had like three 30 point games. I just, I don't know. I was just going crazy. I was just going off. I just had like a really, really good year. And then once, once we got to the finals, I had another good game. And that's when I knew like a lot of the college coaches would be watching and stuff like that. And it was after that, I think it was probably after that game. I was like, yeah, I, I could play and I can play in America. Cause they had, you know, we played against London. Uh, Bark and Abbey, they had a bunch of athletic guys, like, and like high. Like, I'm not the tallest guy, but like, I play, I play real hard. So, like, even if, even if I did go to America and I wasn't like the greatest talent, you know what I mean? Like, as long as I gave it my best, like, surely I couldn't be too bad. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'd say Charmwood and the Charmwood is definitely when I was like, yeah, I can definitely go to America. And then with that, so you've got all these attention from from social media, mm-hmm. a bit on the internet, and you've got like attention from Division One scouts, which, as I say, is the very top level. I mean, one percent of American high school kids make it into Division One. How did you manage to keep level headed and think this is a, a process? I'm there. I've got the interest, but I've not made it yet. Um, it's just you know when I when I when I work out, I practice at Leicester, so. I go to the Leicester Arena. So all the riders guys are there. Um, like Connor Washington, Jarrell Anderson, Jesse Chuku, like all, all guys that have been to that level. Big names. All guys that play in BBL, like they've been there, they've done that. So like when you're kind of working out with them guys, like in the summer, like before you go and I'm getting like phone calls from coaches and they start that over. Um, like having people like that around you, like it, it, to keep you level-headed is like really good, and they, I think they did a really good job of that. Like they told me, like, oh, don't, don't get complacent. Like, just keep working. Like every day, come to the gym. Every day, come and work out. Like, don't start, don't start thinking you're the guy yet because they're saying like it can humble you going out there. Like sometimes it can humble you a lot. So just stay level-headed and don't start thinking you're the guy yet because you're not. I've definitely I've spoken to a few early athletes and every one of them stress the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah, it is, definitely. It is definitely, definitely key. So for those that don't know, can you explain what a division one scholarship and just how prestigious it is? Because you then from college in here in the UK got offered, didn't you for D one at Missouri state? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically D one, you know, like you said before, you can't really get much higher than that. And the States the place really high as that is to go and play in the G League or the NBA. So um, my scholarship, everything was paid for. Housing was paid for. My tuition was paid for. Flights were paid for. Um, like if I had to stay there over over the summer or anything like that, like I got money. It's a very, very heavy schedule. Like it's like wake up. Pre-season was waking up at five in the morning, going to the gym for like half five, practicing from half five till about seven. Then you go get breakfast, come back, go to class. You'd have gym sessions. You'd have individual sessions. It was very hectic. It's crazy because 
you're what 18 19 20 people at division one and they're already trying to make pro athletes out of you pro athletes that's, already, yeah. that's their program if they don't make pro athletes or make take people to the next level it's on them so they are yeah but five every day to make you the best you can possibly be so more on that how was it transitioning from the uk to the usa where basketball over here is is popular but less popular especially in, in contrast to the usa where it's their main sport how was that transition uh yeah it was quite crazy actually like even like just not at the college level but like even if you were just like going down to the park and like there was just a bunch of like random people there like they was good at basketball like everywhere like everyone is good like it doesn't matter what american football would have played soccer like anything like they're good at basketball which is actually it's it's really nice to see actually because you know basketball not being a minority sport over here, but not as big as football. You know, everyone, everyone out here plays football. Yeah. So like when you go out there, everyone plays basketball. Like it's really nice. And I'd say that's another reason why the skill set and just everything out there in terms of basketball is probably a lot better than it is over here. Like there's way more money in basketball over here, uh, over there, sorry, than there is over here, which is also probably another reason why so many guys over there play basketball. Mm. Same as over here, football has so much more money in it because it's our sport. Definitely. Did you feel like a, an outsider at all? Because it, it's their sport and you've come in and you've taken a Division One scholarship. Obviously, they're your teammates, but maybe opposition that obviously most of them are going to be American. Did you get any any stick towards the fact that you're an Englishman taking a Division One scholarship from them as such? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think, some of the walk-ons might not have been too happy about it, but I, I was better than them. They had the respect, <laughs> you know, they had the respect I, yeah. for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I mean, I think I didn't get I, I didn't get any stick from our guys for sure. Definitely, the only thing they'd take the mic out was like my accent and stuff like that. <laughs> like it was all just like joke stuff. There was, there was nothing. There was nothing serious about it. It's bound to happen. So you've yeah. obviously achieved a lot of greatness so far in your career. You're currently playing in the in the British Basketball League, the Premier League, sorry, but there's no no sportsman has a, a linear positive career. Everyone everyone faced hurdles. What mm-hmm. hurdles have you had to overcome in your career to get to where you are today? A lot. You know, probably the biggest one's probably been family, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. I left my I left yeah, I left leaving my I'm so I'm like a family oriented guy. Like I'm always there. I missed my first Christmas when I was in America, and that was that was probably like the hardest week. That was really hard for me. Um, but yeah, I like leave my family at such a young age for like such a long time. Like you don't realize how how much time you've actually missed with them until you come back. And like my little brothers were like taller than me. My sister was <laughs> big. I was just like, what's going on here? But yeah, definitely family. I mean, fortunately. I've not had any like serious injuries that have put me out of game. Um, the longest I've been out is probably like two months, and that was from a strained hamstring. But fortunately, Touchwood, there's been like no ACL tears or anything like that that's put me out for a long time. Um, in terms of basketball, I'd say the only thing really has been n- not playing. That's like the only thing that's ever really like I wouldn't say discouraged me but it's kind of made me like think like is this really what I want to do 
but then you've just got to kind of stick out, stick through it. But yeah, minutes and like not playing. There was like when I went to America my first year, wasn't playing too much at all. Um, even when I came here to Sheffield, you know, I wasn't playing too many minutes, just sitting on the bench. But just gotta, just gotta keep going through, support the guys. Hundred percent. What mindset did you need to get through these moments of adversity when you when you sat on the bench or or you missing your family? What mindset did you have to get through to where you are today? Like I said, you just got to think about the long run. You know, if I want to be, if I do want to, if I do want to go to the next level, play overseas and stuff like that, you know, my family's not going to be there. Um, I might even be in a country where people, some people don't even speak English. So, you know, it can, it can, it can be hard, um, but you just got to think of the long run. Like you just got to stick it out. And that's always that's always what I've said really. Like even now, like the season's not really going the way I'd like it to go, but just gotta be in it for the long run, really. It's not it's not always just about me, you know what I mean? There's more to the there's more to the sport and more to this team than just me. So So you're always looking at the bigger picture and the long run. Yeah. You can't can't get hung up over the nitty bitty things you've got to think. Yeah. That's my aim. I'm gonna get there in due course. I've just gotta keep my head down. Yep. So would you say that's your your only motivation or have you got any other forms of motivation that, you know, when you're getting up at 5am every day at Missouri State, is that because you have to or because you love it? Yeah, you know, it's a bit of both. You know, if, I, if I'm if i not up, I'm going to be running either way. Like, coach is going to be on my case all the Good time. Good honesty. So, yeah. I'm, I, you know, but I do, I do, it is, I do love the game. Like, I would, it's the only thing I do want to do. Like, I don't, I don't want to work a normal job like, I, just, I want basketball to be my job. And, and at the minute it is. But, you know, it's, it's, more, it's more for the love of the game than because I have to do it. Like in the summertime when I go to, go to the gym and go to practice, I don't, I don't really have to do anything. But I do because that's what I want to do. That's what I want my life to be about, just basketball. No, brilliant. Sticking on, sticking on mindset. When you were a younger kid with the potential, playing for England, playing at Charnwood, putting up great numbers, what mindset did did you have to develop your mindset? Sorry, to transition from Jode with potential to Jode that could actually be a pro. Did you have to sacrifice partying? Can't have to cut off these people. These aren't going to help me out. I'm going to have to knuckle down and get in the gym rather than enjoy it. Did, was there a significant change there? Yeah, that was mainly in schoolwork. Uh, I was never, I've never been a part of it. I've never really, never really done all that stuff. That just isn't really my type of fun. Um, but yeah, definitely on the school side of things, because I'd only just passed my SATs and everyone was telling me like, oh, when you go out to college in America, you know, like I said, I know a lot of people that had gone out there already. Uh, I was like, you know, like the works, like it's a lot harder than it is, a lot harder than it is here. Um, like the teachers are way more strict. The coach will be strict. Like if you're not keeping up with your work, then you're not going to be playing. So when you hear you're not going to be playing because you're not doing the work, like you just want to get the work done so you don't miss any games. You don't want to be missing games or missing practice or anything like that. You know, spots can be taken just like that. You know what I mean? So, really, the biggest thing for me was definitely like 
been knuckling down and taking schoolwork more serious. Because coming off through trauma, I'm not even going to lie, I was just like doing just enough to get through. I was just bruising it. Uh, in terms of dropping people, um, never really been much of a social person, to be honest. Uh, only really had, I've only really got like two or three people that I still keep around now, which is my girlfriend. And then I've got Henry Langston, who I actually went to school with in America. He's from Leicester as well. Uh, we both went to the same college and he went Charmwood as well. So we've been, we, yeah, we've been through it together. Um, but yes, I, that's about it. I don't, I just keep the same people around. And then obviously basketball, in terms of people that are basketball, they're just for basketball. You know what I mean? Like they're just around for basketball, like in terms of like workouts and gym and stuff like that. Like they're there to just be motivation for me. Uh, credit to you. So yeah, you keep yourself away from distractions so that you can, yeah. you can prime yourself. Have you got an inspiration or someone you look towards or something, someone you want to mirror or is your inspiration making yourself the best Joe, the best player you can be? Yeah, I'd like to be an inspiration to someone else, you know, but my inspiration would probably be my mom and my dad. And I never gave up. They've given up a lot um, for me to be able to like go out and, and play basketball. Like I know the amount of money that they've put into me to be able to Guess where I am now is probably a lot. Not even probably a lot. I know it is a lot, <laughs> but they they have they've sacrificed a lot for me. So yeah, my mom and dad definitely. Uh, that's brilliant, and it was really interesting what you just touched on before. Then that your inspiration is the fact that when you're older, you want to leave a legacy behind that then inspires. So your inspiration yeah. is wanting people to be inspired by yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. That is. And finally, if you could give one tip for someone listening to this podcast who is wanting to achieve greatness, what would that tip be? Mine would just be work on work on your game any chance you can. Like don't take don't take the game for granted. You know, one day you could be playing it, next thing you know, it could be taken away from you. So just take just put in as much effort and just have as much fun with the game as you can. Brilliant. You've always got to have fun throughout it exactly or you're just going to start not liking it brilliant Joe you've been absolutely fabulous and it's been incredible to get an exclusive insight into your journey and mindset so thank you for sharing your story thank you for having me and that's it for today's episode of Hurdles I do hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have and don't forget to follow the social media on at Hurdles Podcast thank you